More Bulls Beat Now. Once again, here's Derek Sharp. Amir Abdul-Rahim, men's basketball head coach, gives us a quality update in just a few minutes. It was funny yesterday. The IPF had a lot going on. Of course, the Alex Golish press conference, which you heard plenty of in our first segment of this special hour-long show, went at least a half hour on its own. Then, after that, he comes to us and sits down with myself and B.J. Daniels to tape our portion of Bullseye. I guess somewhere as we were wrapping up is when the football players were wrapping up, and Amir Abdul-Rahim stepped to the podium, and I, as a basketball person, was like, I kind of wanted to run on over there, but we still had more of the show to record, so... Fortunately, I have my own tape recorder, and fortunately, there were plenty of reporters there to ask him questions about how the roster is shaping up, and we'll get there in just a little bit. I said that men's soccer and men's tennis were both in Tulsa. Let's start off with the soccer squad playing the Golden Hurricane, and the brutal stretch of the schedule continues. Namely, the whole schedule. You look at the various national rankings that come out, and SMU is in the top five. That's a team that a couple of Fridays ago, came to Corbett Soccer Stadium and won a very hard-fought, very entertaining match, 2-1. to one. That began conference play for the Bulls and ended a five-match homestand where they played Indiana, Clemson. Indiana was last year's national runner-up. Clemson was, a couple years ago, the national champion. And you mix in teams like Elon and Mercer. By the way, Mercer has only lost one game all year, and it was back in their opener. That was the game where they had their goalkeeper depart with a red card in the first half and ended up giving up six goals. Yeah, that was officially an anomaly. That Mercer team is very, very strong. They also beat Elon, a returning NCAA tournament team. So their wins are against Elon and Indiana. Their losses are to teams, well, Mercer's not ranked, but a very good team, but everybody else is or was ranked, including a team that wasn't ranked when they went to, remember, Seattle to start the season and got beat by the Washington Huskies and then lost to Seattle U. Yeah, that Seattle U team is 7-2-2 and now in everybody's top 25. (laughs) So unfortunately, the Bulls are just a tick below these outstanding teams, but more than competitive with them. Now they'll try and do more than that. They'll try and get a win tonight in Tulsa because they're going to have to win. I don't think a tie is going to be enough to nudge them into the NCAA tournament at large contention. They're going to have to win tonight and then Sunday against Charlotte. If they pull those off back-to-back, then they're 4-6, and and you start to maybe sniff a little hope for an NCAA tournament bid because the weaker, even though, relatively speaking, they're not weak teams, but the weaker teams in the conference are still yet to be played on their schedule. This Tulsa team is very good, but they did lose their top player, Alex Meinhardt, ironically, to Clemson. So we saw him earlier this year in another close loss for the Bulls against Clemson 3-2. to In conference play, Tulsa has, whereas the Bulls gone 0-2, the Golden Hurricane have gone 2-0, and but they played two of the quote-unquote weaker teams, beating FAU 2 to nothing in Boca Raton, and then this past Friday, defeating UAB, but not resoundingly. It was one nothing. and before that, by the way, Tulsa lost to UNLV 2-1. That's a team that's only 2-5-2 on the season, UNLV. By the way, that match was called due to weather in the 71st minute. A soccer match has to be 70 minutes to be considered official, so they kind of had that hanging. Before that, they tied a very difficult Creighton team, nothing-nothing. They've got a 4-3 win over Drake. They played their rival and lost to Oral Roberts. That's a good squad. Missouri State, which is outstanding. They've tied 1-1, so they're very similar to the Bulls. They lost to a top-10 team in Louisville, 1-0. They are outstanding, and the Bulls will have to play well to win. 
We'll keep an eye on that match tonight, and we'll sum it up for you on Friday's show. We also hope to be summing up a victory for women's soccer. They look to get back on track after getting beat a week ago against East Carolina. That knocked the Bulls, or more rightly to say it, to be fair to East Carolina, put the Pirates alone in first place in the AAC East. The Bulls are in technically third place in the conference, tied with FAU, a point ahead of UAB, a team that's been tough to beat in conference play. In fact, no one's beaten them. Uh, They haven't won a game. They have played three and drawn all three, including two comebacks from down one nothing. Overall, UAB is slightly above 500 with four wins, three losses, and four ties. Again, three of those in conference play. Overall, the Bulls are 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. So we'll let you know an updated look at the standings and how the Bulls do in Birmingham. Again, they play Thursday night. We'll have that for you on Friday's show. We'll also tell you how the doubles team for men's tennis does as part of this incredibly big event. It's every good men's tennis program, every great men's tennis program, singles, doubles. It's a mass of humanity when it comes to tennis. Michael D. Case Tennis Center in Tulsa is one of the best facilities in the country, and it's just part of what's required to host all of the action. And oh yeah, the main quote-unquote draw begins today. They've been playing for about a week in Tulsa just to get to the main draw. A pre-qualifying tournament with 256 individuals just to get down to the qualifying tournament, which is another three rounds to get down to the 16 players who would join the 64-player main draw. Eric Revelius of the Bulls, therefore, was going to have to win six times just to get into the main draw. And, well, he ended the drama early, got beat in the first round of pre-qualifying, lost his first set in a tiebreaker to a player from Tulane, actually did get a consolation match in and a victory against an Oral Roberts player now. Because he was ranked a little higher, his teammate Tadorica got to start off in the qualifying tournament and won a match against a player from Columbia before losing to Illinois' Hunter Heck. Heck turned around and beat an Oklahoma player, so Heck is in the singles draw, and guess what? Heck and Tadorica see each other again because, just by luck of the draw, that's who the Bulls play. It'll be Gravelius and Tadorica going up against Illinois' Hunter Heck and Carlos Oslins this afternoon. 32 doubles teams, so five victories required for this championship. What an event. It's basically the October version of the NCAA tournament in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you missed my full recap of what the women did at the Bedford Cup, an event they hosted, it's something that we put exclusively to our podcast page, so go ahead and check that out. Amir Abdurrahim, as we wrap up this hour-long version of Bulls Beat, you know, he gave us sort of his philosophies when he had his introductory press conference late in March. Six months later, after practice begins, kind of an update on how things are going. As I said to a number of people, and I say this humbly, we have a Power 5 job. We have Power 5 resources, and... I want to treat this opportunity every day as it should be, as a, and it's a privilege to be the head coach here. I'm, it's not going to be a day that anyone is cheated, not when we have the facilities that we have here. We're going to try to recruit at the highest level possible without losing who we are from a character standpoint, from a culture standpoint. We, we want to keep those things intact, but as we go forward, we, we got to continue to work hard every day and put out a great product on that court so we can pack Yingling out as I expect to do. Keep an eye out later today. We'll put the full press conference up on our podcast page, and we will put up the full Zoom calls of both Joel Gordon 
and Todd Orlando. I'll be speaking to the both of them today for the pregame show, but they also address the media via Zoom, so make sure you look out for that. One more little segment from Amir Abdul-Rahim. When I went to practice last week and we talked about on the show, I noticed that the transfers from Kennesaw State, you could sort of see Brandon Stroud leading the way and Chris Youngblood looking like he's going to be a guy too. Case and Jennings being the other, so do they have an advantage? And then on the flip side, interesting about the three and only three holdovers, Selton Miguel. Listen to what he says about Corey Walker along with Sam Hines. Good stuff here. Well, they've been great um, just because they know they know me, right? And they know exactly what I want and what it looks like in, when we're in study hall, what it looks like when we go in the weight room, what it looks like when we come into a workout and when we come into practice. But what I want everybody to understand is that it's a transition for them as well. You know, they were allowed to just kind of be, you know, their first three years at Kennesaw. They had older guys who had been there before who had led. Now they're being asked to lead and they're growing into those leadership roles. And anytime you're growing into a leadership role, what happens? You make mistakes. And what my job is to help them learn through those mistakes and grow through those mistakes. So they've been great in the transition. You know, they know me, they know what I want. Now, like I say to them every day, it's time for you to help somebody else, you know, get to know me and understand me even better. Cause I'm not a, I'm not an easy person to deal with. My wife will tell you that, but we're in this thing together and we're going to grow together. Along the same lines, a little different, the three guys who were here last year. Yeah. I think they've had the hardest challenge of anybody because when they came here, they didn't come here to, you know, with the expectation of playing for multiple coaches. And I'm really proud of all three of them, Corey, Selton, and Sam, to they bought in, they've done what we asked them to do. Uh, Corey Walker, uh, I recruited him a little bit out of high school. And, you know, the one thing for him this summer, it was like, hey, we got to we gotta get you in better shape. And, you know, he's walking around right now, man, like the dude, you think he was going to be on the cover of GQ. He feels good about himself. Um, Selton Miguel, the one thing I challenged him with from day one, not that he was a bad teammate, but I wanted him to be a better teammate because of his influence on the game and on his teammates of being a good player, he can positively impact them. He's met me halfway and has done a great job. And then, you know, Sam Hines, who went to my high school in Atlanta at Wheeler, um, I've known him, I recruited him. He's been right there as well, meeting us every step of the way. And, really appreciative of their their buy-in, their effort. Probably a testament to the coaches that I'm coached, Coach Gregory, Coach Thompson back in at, at Wheeler, and they've been great. How about that little insight that Sam and Amir went to the same high school, and sorry, Corey, whether you like it or not, your new nickname is GQ. Again, look for the full press conference audio later on today on our podcast page. Speaking of full, that was easy to fill an hour. Normally we're a half hour. We'll probably get back to that length on Friday, but hope you enjoyed this Wednesday version of Bulls Beat. Love bringing it to you on Bulls Unlimited.